to continue today. Uh, if you want to get your notes ready, get ready to uh, write or to type. Get your thumbs loose. Get ready. We're going to continue our series called Relationship Goals, or better, more fitting, hashtag Relationship Goals. And we're, we've been talking about relationships and having a standard for our relationships. We can have just any relationships, or we can have God relationships, because God has goals for our relationships too, right? And that's what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, about how we are to have, a, have goals, have standards for our relationships. And Pastor John has done a great job in leading us through that journey. And last week, we talked about having relationship evaluations, and, and he talked about we're supposed to grab a hold of new relationships, but first, we got to realize who to let go of, where there's a leaving and then there's a cleaving, Right? And he talked a little bit about the leaving, what, who we're to leave and those boundaries and how we're to love, but we can still leave, right? And so we talked a little bit about that. But So this week we're going to continue in, in the relationships and talk about those new relationships and getting relationships. I want good friends in my life. I want good people in my world. In fact, we were created to have good friends. We were create, excuse me, we were created to have friends, to have relationships. It was in, it's in our DNA. It's how God created us. We want to have relationships. I've been pastoring a long time. I've been around church and just, I am a relational fellow. But I've never heard this line come out of anyone's mouth. And I mean this sincerely. Yep, I would love to do life all alone. I don't want anybody along this journey with me. I got this all by myself. Now in a moment of rage, maybe. Get out. I can handle it by myself. Baby, I'm here for you. But we all were created. We have that, we have that spot in our life and our heart for relationship. And so what we're talking about, we, we're talking about having the right relationships, keeping those relationships healthy. You know that a good, healthy relationship is a gift to our life. Having good friends, having godly friends, it's a gift to our life. And just like any other good gift, you got to take care of it. You got to, there's some upkeep to it. You got to protect it. You got to keep it. Good. You got to keep it healthy. I have in my life been really healthy in seasons. I can't say this is one of them. I'm healthier, okay, healthier. But when you get healthy, you can't just stop going to the gym. You can't just start going to the drive through every day, right? You got to keep it healthy. You got to have a little maintenance, right? A little upkeep, if you will. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, relational maintenance, relationship maintenance. We've got to get healthy relationships, and we've got to keep relationships healthy. Right. And the thing about relationships, about maintenance, is sometimes you've got people who are low maintenance. That wasn't funny. Pretty intuitive bunch here. You've got some folks who are low maintenance, and then you've got some folks who are high maintenance. But it's okay. We all got a little maintenance on us, you know. We, we all need a little bit. I didn't realize how much maintenance was required to, until I got married. <laughs> oh, I'm not just talking about her maintenance, even my maintenance. She's my maintenance light, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> maintenance required. <laughs> but then her, her maintenance too, I had to realize, oh my gosh, a mani and a petty was like, it's vital. <laughs> Getting my nails did was not an option. It was mandatory. I mean, for her, not me. But I still, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> little pampering's not bad. But there's maintenance to it. It's to keep things healthy. 
It's to, it's to take care of yourself. And just like that in our relationships, you got to keep things healthy. you got to take care of it. It's more valuable to you when you, when you take care of something. When it costs you something, when you have some skin in the game, it means a little bit more to you. We were buying a, I was buying a car once and, uh, and it was a used car. And I remember it was the first time I'd ever really tried to research and buy a car. And, and I found out quick, everyone told me, said, man, get the maintenance record. You need to get the Carfax. Okay, well, what's that? Carfax, you send them something like, you know, a fax machine? <laughs> Come on. I didn't know what that was. And they began to explain, no, it's the history of, of the car, how it's been taken care of, if it's been any accidents, if it's been repaired. And it's kind of like the, it's what you get to look at and you can compare to what you're getting. Like, okay, it says, all right, all right, okay. And then you get to make a decision if you want that or not based off of this maintenance report. Then you look at it, all right, all right, sit in it. I have often thought how awesome life would be if our friends came with the Carfax. <laughs> I'm just trying to be real. There's some folks that I, if I would have had a printout on them, what had happened was I got in this thing too fast. I didn't do my research. You know what I'm saying? How great would it be for us to say, okay, well, all right, boy, see, uh, okay, Two-year relationship I see on your report here ended in a train wreck. How did you handle that one? Have you have you taken good? Have you gotten healed up from that? Okay, girl. So I see he broke your heart. Did uh, did you just paint over that, or has it been professionally prepared, repaired? <laughs> right. It'd be so much easier if we could just do that. And I remember getting all these car faxes and these reports, and it was so much fun to ask them, like, well, now, listen, what does this mean? And they would have to explain it to me, and they'd have to tell me. And I'm like, I just feel like I had the upper hand. You know what I'm saying? But not only have I bought a used car, I've sold a used car. And I remember putting this listing together, this posting, and I was, I was typing it all in. I did what everybody would do. Wonderful car. Really cool. You're going to love it. Been really taken care of. Talk about all the cool parts. New floor mats. <laughs> Armor all on the tires. You know what I'm talking about. Said all the cool things. And I said, it would go. Let's post it. Post. That day I got an email. And I saw, saw the title and I said, oh, man, it's, a, it's about my car. So I opened it up and I'm, I'm reading it. It says, man, it looks, car looks good. Thank you. Yeah, I, I know. Posted all the right pictures. And then it comes down a couple sentences and he says, but can you show me the maintenance records? You don't trust me? I told you it was a good car. And all of a sudden I had this little nervousness like, oh, God. If I give them the, if I show them these records, if I tell them about the past this car has, what if they don't want it? And I literally had that nervous, like in my stomach, like, now I'm gonna go ahead and be on, I'm going one step further in this. Should I just tell them, should I bend the truth a little bit? Should I try? I was, I did not, I knew the past wasn't perfect on this car, and it made me nervous. I confess. 
And I had that moment, I thought, you know what? Should, should, should I do it? Should I tell them all? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to tell them everything. I'm just going to let them have it, and let's just see what happens. So I typed it all out, press send. First time I've ever done this, you know. I'm, I'm really nervous. Told them about the past. All afternoon, I was like, well, no email. I kept looking. Well, I didn't have my phone at that time. I emailed. Yeah, I had to go to, had to, go to the computer, you know what I'm saying? Like, logged on. No, you've got mail? No, huh? no mail. And I'll never forget that, that email I got back, and it said, I saw it, I was like, oh, he's going to say, he's letting me down easy, I'm sure. I opened it up, and it's only one sentence, when can I see it? <gasps> you want to see this car? I was shocked that he wanted to see this used car. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. It didn't surprise him that this car had a past, that this car had a record had a Carfax, if you will. And it was a very valuable lesson to me. So you got to know, if you're going to talk about relationship maintenance, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to make peace with the past. you got to have peace with the past, with your past and with their past. Everybody has a past. If you don't, say Amen. Oh, you don't? Say, I tricked you. I love you. Thank you, Sally, for leading the charge. Amen, I've got a past. We've all got a past. And here's the thing about a past is it, it makes us nervous when we think about talking about it, letting other people see it. But you've got to know, you've got to accept, if you're going to have healthy, the goal is healthy relationships, godly relationships. And if we're going to have those, we've got to be okay with accepting our past. And if we're going to have healthy relationships, we've got to accept their past. We've got to know everybody comes with a report, maybe not a printout, but there's a track record, things that they've been through. There may be some bumps and some bangs, but it's okay. Everybody's got problems. Every, the one of the greatest misconceptions and deceptions you can have in relationships is to think that they've got it all together and I'm just the wreck. First of all, someone makes you feel like that, flag they haven't made peace with their past because if they can't if they don't have peace with their past they're not going to have peace with your past and you want people who who are understand that hey everybody's been through something when i sent that email i got it back it dawned on me that he was it shouldn't surprise him that this car had a past but neither should it haunt me that it had a past it shouldn't haunt me that this thing has been through something. There's a part of our lives that, that when we, we get into relationships, there's this automatic wall. <laughs> it's this protection we put up around ourselves and say, hey, I, I want to hide my history. It's no fun for people to know I've been in some fender benders. The train wrecks aren't always fun to remember. I've, listen, I've been in some big wrecks, and I can tell you it takes some time just emotionally to get over some of them. I've healed physically. Oh, I'm good. Everything was good on the outside. But when I see another wreck or when I get around somebody who's talking about a wreck, it's like, whoa, flashbacks. you got to make peace with your past. 
And, you, and, and the only way you can make peace with your past is just face the truth. It's facts. Just come to realization, it's okay. I'm telling you today, it's okay. You don't have to hide your history. You can, you can bring it out in the light. You don't want your heart heavy and weight underneath those things. The, listen, the truth will set you free. There's nothing like being free from our past. Having that liberty. Listen, Proverbs, this is a great Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 25 says, heaviness in the heart of a man makes it stoop. If our heart, if we have hidden areas of our heart, things in our past we're not dealing with, we're going to make other people deal with them. And it's better for you to go ahead and handle those things. Listen, here's another translation, that word heaviness there. They use, this, they use these other synonyms, anxiousness, anxiety, worry. I remember that feeling when I got ready to send that email. I was like, oh, God, if I send this... And he asked a question, I'm going to have to lie. I'm going to have to cover it up again. And, and it's the same in relationships. Listen, I've made so many relationship mistakes. It's, it's, it'd take a long sheet of paper to list some of these things out. I, I know what it's like to try to cover things up and to have to, one cover-up is another cover-up. And you feel like, and you, then you carry around this awkwardness and this weirdness and everybody you try to get close to, it's like there's just this, pushing away, and you feel like, well, it's always somebody else. And I'm telling you today, it doesn't have to be that way. You can make peace with your past, and God can heal you, and you can be set free. There's nothing like transparency in our life with God, with ourselves, with those that we're close to, to set us free. We've got to deal with it. Listen, if you deal with your past, if you make peace with it, if you deal with the past, you can define its effect on your life. But if you do not, it will define its effect on your life. Anytime I have faced or had to deal with something, a hurt, a pain, a relationship mistake, I've always been able to decide how it's going to be a part of my life moving forward whether I want it to be, give me strength or maybe it's a lesson I've learned. But if I don't, that hidden area of my heart, it begins to sh- mutate something healthy God has for my life. Yeah. Again, if I don't deal with it, others are going to have to in its worst form. I remember being an intern at a ministry years ago, and I was moving to another state, and it was a uh, faith step for me, and, I, and the intern director called me. It was the first time I'd really moved out like this and been on my own, away from, the, away from family, and uh, I got a call. And this intern director said, listen, there's another guy. Uh, you don't know him, but I've looked at your applications. I've talked to both of you. I think it'll be a good fit. He needs a roommate. And I thought, man, surely there's somebody else. <laughs> she said, you know, I really feel like this is a God thing. Okay, all right, sure. So I move, I take my U-Haul, little, little bit of U-Haul, and I drive to, to Louisiana. God has to call you to Louisiana. I drove to Louisiana, and I unpacked that U-Haul. And on a Thursday, Friday morning, I woke up. Mid-morning, here comes another little U-Haul, and I meet this guy for the first time in person, him and a family member. I'm like, hey, Rumi, <laughs> let's be friends. <laughs> 
And we unloaded his stuff, got everything moved in. Of course, that, over that weekend, we just, man, we talked a lot. Tried, we went to all the meals together and lunches and dinners and just hung out and we're talking, riding in the car, sitting at the house. And, and it, all of a sudden, realized, I just don't. I mean, this guy, a year of my life, I'm going to be living with this cat. You know, I'm like, so I'm like, well, tell me, how are things going? What's your life like? And this particular conversation, he said, man, let me just tell you where, how I got to where I am today. I thought, okay, I've had these conversations before, cool. So he begins to tell me. He begins to open his heart up. And he began to tell me about these chapters in his life, the things that God had set him free from, the things where God had healed him in this and where God had delivered him from this thing that he'd gotten into. And, I don't, and he, the more he described every chapter that he read, I thought, man, my book is awesome. <laughs> Honestly, it made me uncomfortable. I wasn't used to that kind of transparency. I'd never felt someone be so honest about their past. I had open conversations, but I had to close heart. I would talk about some things hypothetically, and I never was willing to say, this is what I've been through. This is what I struggle with. This is what I've overcome. This is where God had to heal my heart. This is where I'd never experienced that. It made me so uncomfortable. And this is how you know that you haven't got peace with your past because I began to judge him. I began to compare him to myself. I, I began to try to put my, just like I said, I, we joked about it, but I began to literally say, oh, well, man, my, mine's just not as bad as him. I'm glad I'm one up. I got a little leverage on him. It's kind of the, the attitude I was taking in my heart. All because I didn't have peace. And, and then, then as I began, he, the more he spoke, I, I just began to envy him. God, I wish I had that peace about my past. I wish I could talk about it with confidence like he has. I began to, began to examine my heart. Literally, literally in that moment, I thought, what am I doing? This guy is, he's trusting me with his heart here. And I had to check my own records. And as he's talking, I'm looking back in my life, I'm, and I, had that, I know he could probably tell I had that glazed look like, I just kept saying yes, I hope. I didn't commit to anything, thankfully. I just kept saying yeah, and the whole time I'm going, oh gosh, that, I, God, thank you for that season. You brought, oh God, you know, it didn't look like his, but it, this is what it looked like. It was just as bad, you know. And I was reminded of a story, and we're going to look at it just for a second together, in John This is how Jesus handles those moments. This is how I want you to remember those kind of moments in our life. This is how we have to make peace. Jesus said this in John chapter chapter 8. The Pharisees, the religious, the the judgmental people were coming to Jesus. And this is what happened in verse 4. They said, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And according to the law of Moses, we have to stone such a woman. What do you got to say about that? They were trying to corner Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus didn't say a word. He knelt down. The Bible says he began to write in the sand. And they began to continue question. They put pressure on him. And then he straightened up. He stood up. And this is what he said in verse 7. Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. He said, whoever does not sin, who doesn't have a past, whoever doesn't have a history report, You go ahead and throw the first rock. It's okay. Then Jesus, excuse me, then verse 9 says, At this, 
those who heard it, all those who were judgmental in their heart, began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left. It was just Jesus standing there with this lady. Then Jesus stood back up. He said, well, woman, I don't recommend calling your friends just woman. All right, everybody? (laughs) Well, woman, it's good to see you today. He said, well, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no, sir. He said, well, then neither do I. It's so easy in our hearts. We pick up our rocks and we have our, so we carry our, our rocks around in our pockets and we see someone else. We, oh, hey, how you doing? You want to hang out? We go to coffee. We go to lunch and it's like, oh. It's so easy to judge people in our hearts when you haven't made peace with your past because when you have peace with your past, it gives you power to help people with their past. It gives you a grace for their past. It gives you a, a forgiveness, a mercy that you, that you didn't have before. And that's how you know you've got peace with it. Because you can walk into it, even when they do you wrong and they have messed up. She had clearly made a mistake. Even then, you can get down right on her level. She was on, the, she was on her knees. He gets down next to her and says, hey, listen, it's okay. We've all got a history report. We've all got a past. It's okay. We can start right here and we can stand up and we're going to move forward together. Doesn't that sound like so much better? (laughs) It's relationship maintenance. It's taking care of our relationships. It's making sure that we have peace with our past. Man, I want to tell you, you got to have grace in your heart. You got to have a lot of grace in your heart for people. You can't come out of the gates with, a, with a, a pious, pompous attitude when it comes to relationships. You've got to keep your heart humble. You've got to remember, hey, it hadn't always been so rosy. Maybe it's not rosy right now. And you need someone to come into your life that can accept you right where you are. I want to tell you, that's God's best for you. That's God's plan. It can happen. God can give you people in your life. It's okay where you've been. It's, you can have some rips and tears in your relationship jersey. You, this just means you've been in the game. You're trying to win it. You're trying to get the victory, right? You're trying to overcome. I want somebody. I don't want someone with a clean jersey. They fake anyway. They just bought it last week. Their real jersey's in the closet. You know what I'm saying? We all have some, we all have some bumps and bangs. It's just part of the process. It's part of life. It's experience. And that's what you've got to have in relationships. You've got to face those facts. You've got to deal with the truth. Don't hide it in your heart. Don't hide it in your heart. Face it. Walk, walk full steam into it. I'm going to, and listen, if, if nothing changes, nothing changes. If your relationships keep having this pattern where you you only get so far and you have open conversations with a closed heart, I'm asking you today, begin to ask God to help you make peace with your past. If our relationship goal is to have healthy friends, a healthy relationships, it starts right here. We we can leave the old ones, we can get rid of the wrong ones, but if we're going to have the right ones, we've got to have peace with our past. We've got to be settled on some things, that God's grace is bigger than my mistakes, that his love is stronger than my, than my weaknesses. He's going to carry me when I stumble. And you've got to have that same heart and affection towards those you're in relationship with. I want to tell you, don't, 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 don't paralyze your relationships with that perspective. 
You, you'll never be able to, you'll only go so far every time. I want to tell you, if it's a pattern in your life, I just feel stirred in my heart to encourage you. Some of you need, just need to do an evaluation. Is if, if this is a pattern for you, if it's a pattern, you've got to have grace for yourself. If everybody's doing something wrong all the time to you and it's always their fault, you've got to have, you need to get some grace for yourself because you're not giving it to no one else. You can only give what you've gotten. You can't, you can't borrow somebody else's grace for these friends in your life. You've got to get grace for yourself. You've got to get forgiveness for yourself. You've got to get healing for yourself. You've got to get peace for yourself. Or you'll never be able to give it to someone else. And good friends want good friends. I don't want to be around people who don't have peace with that stuff. I don't want to be around people who don't have grace in their life. Because I need grace if I'm going to have a relationship with you. And you've got to be open to that. Didn't mean to preach. But I am passionate about it. God wants this for your life. It's his best. It's, it's, it's his best. He wants healthy relationships. He wants you to be in good relationship. It's a, it's, his, it's a gift to your life that keeps on giving good, healthy relationships. If we're going to have good relationships, we've got to be good friends. We've got to, up, there's some upkeep. We've got to get peace with our past. It's the first thing you've got to do. If you're going to have new people in your life, if you're going to invite new people into your world, if you're going to invite them into your heart, you've got to make peace with your past. And it's good to, have, to make peace and to have those good conversations. But the next step is you've got to have a protection plan. The second thing is, if the first is to make peace with their past, the second is to go ahead and make a protection plan for the peace, in your, for the health of your relationship. Because once you get it, you've got to keep it. I said it a moment ago. Once you, once you get healthy, you've got to stay healthy. You don't, it's not a, there's no cruise control for relational health. There's no autopilot for this. I may date myself a little bit on this, but there was an old school infomercial years ago. I'm going to date some of you here in a minute too. Watch this. There's an old school uh, infomercial. It's the one I can remember. It's the earliest one I can remember. And I remember this. It was a countertop rotisserie oven. And there's this really interesting fellow. It was the first time I remembered that grown men could have bad hairdos and dye jobs. And I remember looking at this guy, and he was selling this product, and he was so charismatic. And all you do is you put it in here, and, and you set this. Look how easy. You shut this up, and then you set it, and forget it. Forget it. Thank you. Thank you. I told you I was going to date some of you. He would, set, he, would, he would set the timer. He would say, oh, yeah, it's just so simple. You set it, and, and the audience would say, forget it. And you felt so free, like, yeah, I just want to set it and forget it. I come back and everything's awesome. I feed my face because I've said it and then I forgot it. I was thinking through this message and I thought to myself, I was going down the road the other day and I said, you know, relationships are not set it, forget it kind of things. It's just not, it's just not what it is. It was made for maintenance. Relationship was made for maintenance. You can't set it and forget it. You've got to keep that thing healthy. You've got to have a protection plan. You've got to have some things and settled in your heart that, hey, I'm going to fight for this relationship in this kind of way. This is what I'm going to do to make sure my relationships are healthy, are godly. Since we're on the car analogies, 
You know, I wish when I bought my car that I could just set it and forget it. But you know what? I got to fill its tank up every week. Every three, and that's not enough. Every 3,000 miles, I got to change the oil, fill up the fluids, check the tire pressure. Got to keep it going. If I want to get, get somewhere in this thing, then every 5,000, I got to make sure the tires are balanced and rotated. It's like another expense. <laughs> but you know what? It's part of the plan to keep that thing running well. If I want to take care of it, I've got to have a plan for it. Our relationships are no different. You've got to have a plan in your life to keep your relationships moving in the right direction. You're going to have to fill the tank up every week. There's going to be something that you've got to do to feed that relationship, to keep it healthy. There's going to be some times where you're going to have to change the oil. Get, you know what I'm saying? You've got to take care of some things. You've got to stop your day, schedule an appointment. We're going to go get this thing taken care of. Other days, it's going to be a little bit more time. You're going to have to drop it off and leave it for half a day. Get your tires. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit more investment, but you got to do it. You don't have to do that every week, but it is part of the plan. There's a, there's a part in your relationship where you're going to have to invest at some point. You're going to have to invest a little more time in keeping that thing healthy. And if you have a plan, then when things happen, you just know, go revert back to your plan. Jesus knew there had to be a plan for handling some of these things. Matthew 18. This is God's plan for handling problems in relationship. Are you ready? Almost done. Hang in there with Matthew 18. It says, 18, 16, says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won the person back. Go to them and shout it from the rooftop. No. No. So it felt like class. Like, No. You go privately. Jesus said, listen, if you, and listen, he didn't say, it's not a matter of if, really. It's really a matter of when. When it happens, this is how you handle it. And when someone offends you, when, you, when they do something you know has touched something in you, you go to them. Listen, don't talk about them. You got to talk to them. I want to tell you, it's the, the, the easy way out, the scapegoat route, it's just to talk about them. And I'm telling you now as a friend and, and a pastor and someone who values healthy relationship, you gotta, you got to follow this plan. you got to go talk to them. Because if you don't talk to them and just talk about them, you're only going to make things worse. You're, you're setting yourself up. You're digging a deeper hole, if you will, in your life. You're not, you're not setting yourself up to win because I want to tell you the, more you, you, the more you ignore it and don't deal with it, the worse the consequences are for you. If you don't address it, the offense, the fact that whatever happened to you, if you don't address it, then there comes the offense, then, so you're offended. Then you begin to get bitter and angry. Then you become jealous and envious of, of where they are. You, 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 this hurt forms, this permanent hurt, and then, you, then every time you see them, you you're jealous and you're envious and then you, you unfollow and you talk to other people and talk, I can't believe they would follow them or I can't believe they would talk to them. It's like, this is just pain. It's like, you did not handle this correctly. Those are indicators that you haven't followed a good plan. Go to them. Don't ignore it. Listen, anything that you sweep under the rug will, be, will trip you up in your relationship. It will become a stumbling block in your relationships. You can't ignore problems. 
care, let, me, let me just, now let me just challenge you a little bit. Care enough about yourself and about re- healthy relationships to do this plan, to follow this plan. Care enough about yourself to have the right relationships that you're going to push through whatever emotions, whatever pain. I'm, if I have to make peace with something in my past, I'm going to do what it takes to make my relationships healthy, to create healthy relationships in my life. This is God's plan for our life. It's what he wants. He wants for us. And if you, and, and then he says in that next verse, verse 17, I'll paraphrase it. He said, listen, if that doesn't work, just the two of you talking out privately, then go get some accountability. Verse 17 said, go get a couple people, come back. Let's do, work this thing out. Proverbs 11 says, in the abundance of counsel, there's victory. Whew, that's good. We, if you want victory in your life, take the next step. Whatever you do, show some fight for a healthy relationship. Last thing. This is a really cool, this is what I call relationship vitamins. You ready? This is preventative help. This right here is once the, once the offense already happened, this is what you do right here. But if you want to keep offense at bay, you want to keep problems away, then here's two things you need to practice in every relationship, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your close friends, two things that will help keep it healthy. Time and talk. Try to make it easy for you. Time and talk. And you got to have those together. you got to spend time with them, and you got to talk to them while you're together. I've been in a five-hour car ride, and we hadn't said one thing. Not healthy. I've had someone who will spend no time with me, but when we do talk, it's because it's five-minute conversations. We can't, you can't really know my heart. You can't hear from me in five minutes. You barely get past the weather and et cetera, you know, and bad lunch. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, so you got to have time. you got to spend some time, and you got to really talk. You got to, when you're together, be willing to open up and share. Build that relationship. Keep things healthy. And what you'll find in there is the prevention part of that is things will come up, and you'll create a safe place for them to communicate their heart and you can communicate your heart and you keep peace and health in your relationship. It's called relationship maintenance. There is no set it and forget it. There's no cruise control, but you can take control of your relationships and keep them healthy. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you receive that, won't you thank God for his word today? Come on. Come on. Let me, let me, pr- let me pray for you.